0: Hi everybody, this is Matt Kirby and welcome to a brand new episode of Groupie and Harmony, the podcast all about music. Today, I think we got a good one. It's discussing potential Rock and Roll Hall theme inductees and my predictions for who I think we'll get in. Uh, but, first off, make sure you like the Facebook page Groupie and Harmony and also check out the music blog Feeling Groupie. I haven't had a post on there recently, which I'll get to in a s- why that is in a second. Um, also, be sure to like the Facebook page and check out the blog for uh, Iball or trademark at my basketball blog I re- I had my playoff predictions that some of them have already gone wrong um, I have a few other posts that are gonna be coming out in the next couple weeks so be on the lookout for those now before we get into this episode my apologies for it being so long since the last episode I actually moved recently so uh, I was a bit busy with that um, so hopefully I'll get back to the once a weekend. Recording from here on out. Um, and now for today, we're going to discuss a couple news stories, um, before we get to the, excuse me, before we get to, uh, the main topic, uh, though I, uh, do actually also have one other major thing that I want to discuss because I made a mistake. Now, uh, that mistake was that um I in the last episode was my Women's History Month special. I said se- um some of you who are better at counting than I am might have noticed that I said I was discussing ten artists. In particular discussing ten female artists that weren't inducted into the Rock have not been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um Really emphasize in particular, the work that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame still needs to do, and those who are better accounting than I am apparently might have noticed that I missed an act. I only discussed nine. I didn't realize until after I released the episode that I accidentally skipped over Salt and Pepper, who I really wanted to discuss. And Salt and Pepper, um, Salt and Pepper, they, um, they had a bunch of, uh, so they've had a bunch of major hits. And I've been really influential on hip hop music, especially, I mean, not just females, females in hip hop, but in as a whole female, definitely females in hip hop, were really influential in that. Um, they're often called the, uh, the first ladies of rap by a lot of people and for understandable and obvious reasons. Uh, really important group, but also I think that one thing in general with their impact their impact in hip-hop is that they were i would consider them to be the first super bona fide superstar commercial superstars of hip-hop music and i know that might sound weird uh given that there were like a few are the few artists who had like hits because they um in particular their first uh uh, their first massive hit was Push It, which came out in 87. And no, they were around the same time as... uh, They were around this... They were really coming to popularity around the same time as Run DMC. So there's a case to be made for Run DMC in this realm too. But they were able... But like the late 80s and then early 90s, they were making hit after hit after hit in an era where this wasn't happening with hip-hop music. So I think that is uh something that is really is pretty wild but they uh were really extremely influential in the in the genre and also helped legitimize it from a commercial standpoint so my apologies for accidentally skipping them i couldn't believe i did it um after i released the episode um now the net uh there have been multiple uh, deaths uh, since the last time I discussed uh, since the last time I recorded, which I mean, sadly makes sense given that uh, that can happen. Uh, when it's a long time. But in particular, is one individual who I really, really, really want to discuss that passed away uh, a few days ago, and that's Harry Belafonte. Um he's was extremely really important music uh musician in particular. Uh he was essential in popularizing calypso from an international standpoint, especially in the US. Um when I think calypso music, without even batting an eye, the first thing I think of is him. In particular his uh most known song is Deo. Um which uh He, his version was a massive hit. Um, he also had a bunch of other songs that were popular, including, uh, uh, Jumpin' the Line, Jamaica Farewell, uh, Mary's Boy Child, um, and several, several other, um, others, rather. Um, and, uh he also did some acting, uh, as well, but, uh, but also I think that one thing that's notable with that is that he, uh, he was also really active with, and I think that, uh, especially, uh, during the 50s and 60s in a time when, uh, when you did see some people who were notable, uh, me. notable in terms of, uh, um, in being supporters of the civil rights movement, uh, including I know Bill Russell and Grim Abdul-Jabbar are two that come to mind in that regard. Um, Harry Belfonte was, like, right with them, uh, and was really active with, uh, uh, uh with, uh, the, his support there, and really was acted with a lot of, uh, had a lot of political activity after that, um, uh, was not afraid to be outspoken to, uh, if there was something that he disagreed with. Um, and he also was involved with a lot of humanitarian efforts. Um, so rest in peace, really important individual in music. And then also I think in society as well. Um. Now, a few other news stories that I want to get to briefly. Um, Prez, uh, who, um, was one of the members of the Fujis, he was recently, um, a couple days ago, was charged with, uh, he's found guilty with, uh, 10 uh, criminal counts, um, related to, uh, um, don't have, actually have it right in front of me what he was uh, it was, but it was uh, the exact charges were, but it was uh related to, uh, criminal conspiracy related to, uh, do, um, do, uh donation, political donations um, and uh some scandals related to that um so, uh, he hasn't been sentenced yet I don't know when that's coming, but um, that will at some point for sure another thing that I do briefly want to discuss um, so uh, end of March uh, there was during one metal concert that uh, was a morbid angel concert that also had crypto revocation and Skeletal tool remains um, in Illinois um, a tornado actually uh hit uh hit the venue which was the Apollo Theater there and uh and it and ended up uh causing the roof to collapse during uh during the show. Um there was there were twenty eight people that were injured and one that was killed. Um so my condolences to everyone that was impacted by that, but I mean it's in that kind of situation that's really difficult. because um, I I've discussed multiple times being at Epicenter when, uh, there was the tournament we went through, and at a festival, it's a little bit easier to evacuate people, but even there, the festival's kind of tough to say, okay, where do we go now? At, in a building, at a concert, that's really difficult to do, because they could realistically be as prepared as, all as prepared as they want to be, but, um, if, unless they outright cancel the show, which, I mean... Sometimes you don't know that the, uh, that the tornado is going to hit like that. Um, unless you outright cancel the show, then, I mean, that's, it's only so much, there's, it's difficult to necessarily do that while preventing injuries or deaths, which that's absolutely devastating that that had to happen. That did happen, I should say. Um, another story that I do find interesting is, uh, that, um, uh, Morgan Wallen has recently come under some controversy recently not be- uh, diff- totally different than anything else that had happened but, uh, before with him that was controversial but uh, it was because he cancelled the show shortly before he was going to take the stage due to vocal problems he has since uh, cancelled uh, he has since postponed some other shows um, to be on vocal rest and uh there have you been some lawsuits filed related to that, even though there were, the tickets were refunded. I, if I'm being honest, I don't, I mean, at some point I'll probably, if I think about it, and if, we're, if we can make a schedule work out, I might ask our legal expert, my sister Megan, about that one, um, what the legitimacy of those kind of lawsuits are. But, uh, I, I mean, I, I think that's interesting, though, that it happened right before, that. I mean, I will say because I often do am supportive of the musicians in this kind of situation. I know that's controversial because you could say, "Oh, think about how much the fans are spending." Yeah, that that's true. They did offer refunds with that, and I know that doesn't offer the refund in terms of parking, travel to get there, etc. Um, but even uh, but even still, or like food, for instance, also. But I mean. I at the same time, I mean, I guess because that reminds me of one story that someone had told me um, that when they had, this happened, I was told this story like a decade ago um, I guess nine years ago now um, I don't remember what venue they were working with, but they were working with one concert venue and um, they were saying that there was one artist who is still a notable artist so I'm going to keep the name of the artist anonymous but what they did instead was that artist uh they couldn't sing because they were sick and effectively there was pressure to uh for them to still perform uh due to agent record label etc and ultimately they did perform but for majority of it they lip sang a lot of it and then they had the vip meet and greets that people couldn't get too close to them. They had to stay at the opposite end of the table, um, only talk to people for like a few seconds as a result. And it was a shortened show also because that artist was really tired. And at that point, i that's one of those things where they had or that person, because we were discussing that, that individual who told me that story, because we were discussing that we weren't sure what the right thing to do in that situation it was. It was like, do you want them to take the stage and it just be an awful show and have people complain, demand refunds? would you rather them realize that they can't give you the performance that they want, um, not take the stage, have to give refunds, have people complain. I don't think that there is a right answer. That's a really difficult situation to be in. I don't know what the answer would be in that case. Um, though I am glad, I will say I am glad that a lot of artists are uh, more, are able to, uh, Postpone cancel the shows when they are fe- aren't feeling well because I know that um, for many years that wasn't the case. Um, and now uh, one other bit of new uh, one other news story that I find really fascinating um, on uh, was that a couple weeks ago um, I saw Pluma whose ha- uh, who's. Uh, Latin artist, um, probably best defined as regional Mexican, um... though he does, uh... um, though he has also had success or has included several other genres, including trap, reggaeton, um, but really is important in the revival of regional Mexican music. Uh, he actually broke a record for, uh... by a Mexican artist for most songs uh, on the top 100 where he had five songs in the top 100. And in that same week, um, Ella Baila Baila Sola, um, in one of his songs ended up reaching 17 at that time, um, which is a song that was done with Esla Bonamaro. Um, that time reached 17, which was the, um, highest art, highest position for a Mexican artist since then has reached number five. But I do think that was, kind of, uh, was a really cool record that's been, set and, that's been set, and he has had a lot of popularity and has been really successful. So I think that's really cool to see that. Um, another, and then I, we should discuss a couple music festivals briefly. Um, so first one here, excuse me, a uh, format festival, mm-hmm. which is. Uh, in uh, this looks like um Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas. Um, so it's in Bentonville, Arkansas, September twenty second through twenty fourth. It's a festival that's like a combination of music, art, and technology. Um, headliners on Friday there's LCD Sound System. Saturday, Alanis Moore set. Sunday, Leon Bridges. Other acts on Friday include JBXX, Little Sims, Digital Planets, Cool Side, doing a DJ set, LPG OB, um Madeline Edwards, Carrie Fowler, Theon uh, Cross, and a uh, bunch of others. Uh, on Saturday, Nishinto set. there is Modest Mouse, Big Wild, Cool Side, Paul Kaufman, Green Velvet, The Far Side, Nikki Lane, um... Hermanos Gutierrez, Blondish, Sudan Archives, and several others. On Sunday, uh, in addition to Bridges, there's Tosh Sultana, Bob Moses, Channel Trace, Frank Moody, serpent with Feet, Digitalism, Classics, uh, and several others. Um, I think those are, they had some solid artists in that one. I think the headliners are really good calls. Um, the CD Sound System has a following. Leon Brooks is a really big tour following. Elias Morrison, I've discussed this in passing a bunch of different times. Um, they, She's really had a bit of a comeback um, lately, which I think is really cool to see. Um, and then the Underground Acts, I think, are really smart ones, too. um Sudan Archives, as late as they are, I think, it's wild. I think with Serpent with Feet. Um, Little Sims, I wasn't sure where she'd be in that um, on that lineup, but I think that's a cool booking. Um, the second biggest name on each day is pretty notable as well. Um, I have some, like, sizable enough electronic artists. Yeah, I think those are some solid bookings. Uh, the next festival that I want to discuss is if I could find it. Oh yeah, Ohana Festival. Someone's Eddie Vedder's Festival. It's taking place September 29th through October 1st in, uh, Dana Point, California. Um, and they have it so that there's two acts listed on each day, so I'm just going to say it as if they're both headliners. On Friday, there's The Killers and Haim. Saturday, there's Eddie Vetters and the Chicks. Sunday, there's Foo Fighters and Pretenders. Um, some other acts on Friday include Father John Misty, Japanese Breakfast, Frank Moody, Glenn Hansard, um, Hermanos Gutierrez, Amos Lee, and some others. On Sa- uh, Saturday, uh, there's also The War on Drugs, Goose, Charlie Crockett, Lucius, Shame, um, and some others. On Sunday, there's also Rainbow Cat and Surprise, The Backseat Lovers, Suki Waterhouse, uh, The Sacred Souls, Dead, Talk, and some others. Um, the headliners are all really big. Because um, There have been a few festivals that have done like a co-headliner kind of thing where there's a massive name. And then also another really big name that's not quite as big as the Massive name, um, I, that might not necessarily hold true with Eddie Vedder and the Chicks, just because the Chicks are also still have a sizable following, but even still, um, I mean, uh, but yeah, even still, so, the second biggest name on each day is big, and even like, on each day they have the third biggest name is like, um, an indie type, indie-ish type type band, I guess the same thing with the fourth name as well that all have like sizable followings um yeah and they have they just have a bunch of acts that i think are really smart bookings um rainbow kitten surprise i think is one that they've i've been watching their rise in the last few years um they've really gotten quite the rise in touring um goose also is another one that i think is really smart booking similar japanese breakfast but yeah overall i think those are some uh pretty impressive bookings um the next festival I want to discuss is Rolling Loud Miami. Um that one's taking place July uh twenty-first through twenty-third, which is a Friday through Sunday. Um that uh and the, it's gonna be in Miami. Um headliners in each day. Friday is Playboy Cardi, Saturday is Travis Scott, Sunday is A$AP Rocky, um on Friday some other big names include Lil Liliati, uh S, the ski mask the self god. Key Glock, Ice Spice, Pink Panthers, Nardowick Ken Carson, Destroy Lonely, Tushi, or c excuse me, um, Babyface Ray, Sleepy Hollow, Chef G, uh, Foshi, um, and a bunch, bunch, bunch of others. On uh Saturday, there's also Ray Sherman, Tri- Trippy Red, City Girls, but uh, Mav um Gorilla, Coiler, Chuck West, Chief Keith, Young Moody, Snot, uh, Poya, Deja Currency, Baby Tron, Xavier Wolf, Freddy, D- uh, Freddy Dread, and a bunch of others. On Sunday, there's also uh, Don Tolliver, Bryson Tiller, Offset, Turnstile, Polo G, Will TJ, Lotto, Central C, Fabio Foreign, Lucky, Bones, Freddie Gibbs, Annalee um No Cap, uh, Pierre Bourne, Night Lovell, uh, of Figueroa and a bunch of others, and they also have special guests in each day. On uh Friday they have Kodak Black, Saturday they have uh Twenty One Savage, and Sunday they have Lil Uzi Um. Yeah, so I think that that's a loaded lineup. Um. The headliners are all really big. Um. I will say I wasn't sure I. I have been wondering recently where Playboy Party would be on this kind of festival in the lineup. Um, I'm not sure I would have predicted him being the biggest name, I might have predicted little Durk being the biggest name for Friday's dead, but I'm not shocked by that, though. Um, A$AP Rocky, that's still a massive booking. Um, Travis Scott Saturday, yeah, he has been making his return to the festival stage. The one thing that I'm a I'm a little bit surprised that he has been so far, and the one reason I wouldn't be booking him right now for a festival if I was organizing one, is that the insurance cost for that has got to be massive. Um, and I'm a little bit surprised Trippie Red is behind Ray Schremer, but hey, not not the end of the world. Um, I will say I'm surprised by Kodak Black being, uh being booked for this one because he is really controversial um I mean I will say I would not be booking him mainly due to things related to the controversies um so that's some other things but beside the point um Toron Savage is pretty big booking safe in with full as he I'm imagining that those two are gonna that each of those ones are probably gonna be uh listed at start the second biggest name on each day um but yeah, the undercard, they have a bunch of rising artists in the undercard. Um, I think Baby Trot is going to be a notable artist in hip hop. They're um, thinking with something like Babyface Ray and uh, Chef G. Um, yeah, overall, those are some, that's a really wild lineup. Um, next festival I want to discuss. Is uh, All Things Go Festival, which is at the Meriwether Post Pavilion, on in um, Maryland, on November thirtieth and October first, so it's uh, Saturday Sunday. This is the first time they're doing the two year two day festival rather. Um, in the past they've done it as a one day festival. Um, headliners for each day. Uh, Saturday is Maggie Rogers. Sunday it looks like that they're billing it as co-headliners with Lana Del Rey and Boy Genius. Um, on Saturday, they also have Carly Rae Jepsen, Mountjoy, Lizzie McAlpine, Dayglow, Fletcher, Suga Waterhouse, Peach Pit, Ray, um, Keegan and Sarah, The Wombats, Sudan Archives, I'll just go through the rest of them, still only a few more, uh, Blast Dinosaurs, Vacations, Jensen McRae, and Hemlock Springs. On Sunday, they also have Muna, Beardoubi, uh, Arlo Parks, Alex G, Always, Ethel Kane, uh, Shamia. um, Leaf Ross, Wonderbar, Tommy LeFroy, Meet Me at the Altar, Meet Me at the Altar rather. Um, and then just for the random few, Ella and Julia Met Madrid and Free Range. Um yeah, normally, I I try to remember who they got last year as the oh, as the as the two headliners. I think it was Lord and um Mitski was the other one, I think it was. Um, so yeah, I think that one, I think that these two, these others are kind of like in the same kind of realm as it. Maggie Rogers has really exploded in the last couple of years. Um, Lana Del Rey is still like a massive booking. Boy, Jesus, I think that's a brilliant booking. Um, I mean, Muna has really, really exploded. Um, Be Back to Ubi has also gone pretty big. I think with Arlo Parks, Alex, she has a really big line-following. Um, Carly Rae Jepsen has seemed to have a bit of a comeback in the last few years. Uh, Daglo is low as he is, I think is a really smart booking. Um, Fletcher I also think is pretty smart. Um, yeah, I think this one, um, definitely draw a crowd, even like, it's crazy seeing like Tegan and Sarah and the Wombats as low as they are. That's really wild to me. Um, but yet not totally outrageous. Um, so, got two more festivals. One of them is Four Chord Music Festival. Um, It's in Pittsburgh, or I guess technically Washington, Pennsylvania. Though it's it's listed as Pittsburgh slash Washington. Headliners on, and it's a Saturday, Sunday, October 12th through 13th. So I'm just going to actually just outright go through each day instead of saying who's necessarily the headliner. Or not, because I'm not sure how they're breaking it down with who's headlining. Um, but the acts they have on Saturday include Yellow Card, who's performing Ocean Avenue, Taking Back Sunday, Andrew McMahon in the Wilderness, Water Parks, The Main, uh, Origami Angel, The Home Team, Magnolia Park, Masked, Eternal Boy, Patton Pending, Keep Flying, and Old Neon. On Sunday, they have an order The Gaslight Anthem, The Interrupters, Alkalan Trio. Alkalon Trio uh, Streetlight Manifesto, Face to Face, American Football, Dave House and the Mermaid, Punchline, Sincere Engineer, Spaced, and Lookout Lorena. Um, yeah, so I think booking Yellow Card is <coughs> me, on there. The reunion is pretty big. Um, I think Gaslight Anthem also recently reunited, but I might be wrong about that one. Um, but yeah, if they. I'm pulling that up now. I think they did. Yeah, they did last... They reunited last year. Um, someone's also a pretty noble one. Um, so it's interesting to book two reunions the two biggest names on each day. Take it Sunday Still a noble name. Inter- Interrupters, they seem to be rapidly rising. i so I'm surprised to see them both. Uncle um, Water Waterparks, I think, is a really smart there. They have a really good following. I'm shocked that um, American football is as low as they are, but... Maybe I shouldn't be? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think they do have some notable ones. Um, though, uh, I th- there is a little bit of a risk in booking both yellow card and Geth- Gaslight Anthem, in my opinion. Um, because there are probably some that people that aren't necessarily massive fans of, of them. But um, that would have gone otherwise. They might not be going to this one. Um, but alas, I... I think it's still, uh, I think it's still a solid lineup. All right. And now that, uh, that actually wraps up the festivals that I'm going to discuss. Um, so one other notable thing that I want to discuss, um, is that Foo Fighters have, an, uh, have released their first song since Taylor Hawkins, who was a longtime drummer, um, and uh what it's rescue i think his name i'm gonna pull that up here yeah rescued excuse me um and then they are going to be releasing their next album uh but here we are which is their hit their first album since his death um yeah that's uh definitely a lot of emotions involved with that because uh I mean Taylor Hawkins was someone that like was unanimously beloved, it seemed like within rock music. Um fa uh not in particular, fans were uh fans loved him, but it seemed like everyone within uh within the music industry seemed to love him as well. Um, so their death that definitely will be an emotional ride, I bet. Um Right, so uh now let's move on to uh the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So uh this year uh are uh to so the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for 2023 they uh they're induct, If I've heard reports that they're going to announce their inductees this week. I don't know the exact date, but uh and I don't know with certainty when it will um. Um. When this will. Ha- uh. When this will be announced, but I. Uh. Um. But I still did want to discuss. Um. The. Excuse me. I still did want to discuss the. Uh. The Uh. uh this and discuss who I think will get in. Um. And I do just want to. Quickly, just run through who the nominees were. I'm not going to discuss in each one in depth. I discussed that when they were announced. Um, so if you want more details about those, um, then I then you can listen to that episode for sure. Um, but nominees for this year in alphabetical order were are, uh Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, Iron Maiden, Joy Division slash New Order. The two groups are being the are being nominated as one. Uh, Cindy Lauper. George Michael, Willie Nelson, the Machine, Soundgarden, The Sprinters, Drop Call Quest, The White Stripes, and Warren Seaborn. And so there's 14 nominees. And now what I'll do first actually is instead of discussing who or who I think will get in, I'm gonna do the tease that a little bit more by first doing who I would vote for if I had a vote. Now I do want to emphasize I don't have a vote for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, but this, but the way that I did it is I just sorted them, one through fourteen about who I w- about the order that I would vote for them, and each voter has can, uh, can select select up to uh, I think it's, I don't if there's up to five individuals or total five individuals, but I couldn't do more than five, um, so for me ultimately there are four that were no-brainers. The order of those no-branders, in my opinion, were Iron Maiden, because I think that their influence not only on metal music, but rock music is in, in, in essential. I consider them to be the second uh, the second greatest metal band of all time, even behind Black Sabbath, who's been inducted, and ahead of Iron Maiden, who's been inducted. I mean, excuse me, ahead of Metallica, who's been inducted. Um, I think it's ridiculous they haven't been inducted yet. Uh, number two, it's try. I a try to call Quest. Um, I know that there's the controversy. So there's still it's still controversial having hip hop artists inducted. I think that controversy is absurd. Personally, the reason that I do find it so absurd is, um, because first off, the precedent has been set, and also there, are some genres that did influence, uh, hip hop have also been inducted. Um. I think A Tropical Quest has was also incredibly influential in rock music, especially in alternative music, so, and especially modern alternative music, and really helped shape uh, what not only hip-hop would be in the decades since their formation, but also what alternative music would be and um, could be. Uh, third, I have Joy Division slash New Order, mainly because of Joy Division. I think that Joy Division is... They're one of the most influential bands on alternative music, and in term, really of what rock music would be in the nineties, in particular. As a result, but also were incredibly influential about of what uh, music would a lot of music would be in the eighties. Um, fourth, I have Kate Bush. I I think she's one of the mo- one of the uh, one of the best singers, uh, like songwriters in terms of performers out there. Um, I also think that. I think that her case continues to grow, as several artists who are becoming notable all cite her as influences, and I think that. Her influence, uh. Is just massive, and I think that even this year, I'll get to that in a little bit. But I think there's a bigger chance than ever, given uh running up that run up the hill becoming big again, um and then for the fifth one. I was really torn between four, um, and I will say also for me, influence. I consider influence to be the most important thing when choosing uh, when choosing acts. Um, I don't consider commercial success to be as important as influence. Um, the four that I was torn between, um, ultimately the one that I went with was Rage Against the Machine. I think that their influence on uh, funk metal, rap rock and 9 alternative metal and just 90s music as a whole was insane and especially their political unspokenness is still something that they're influential with today um sixth I and for the three that I were seriously considering as well uh, sixth I had Missy Elliott I think that uh, she was really important in um, in hip-hop both in pop really being a popular figure in hip hop, but also really legitimizing the that a woman could be like one of the most popular names, one of the biggest names in hip hop. I think also that especially her case has really um, this is why I think that it's interesting seeing that there's the twenty five years because uh, that's one thing with the Rock of Fame I forgot to mention is that the in order to be eligible it has to be twenty five years since your first release, uh, release excuse me, and I think that's interesting to see that. Missy Elliott, really, after, in years 15 on, especially years 20 on, since her last release, really showed the influence that she had on a lot of artists. So I think that's why it's really interesting to see that. Because, I mean, even 10 years in, it's like, yeah, she probably should be nominated, but then it's like, um, I think, like, seeing the last few years seriously makes us a legitimate case for her induction. Um... Seventh, I have Soundgarden. Really, I I know that they're considered one of the big groups in grunge. I would say one of the big four alongside. Most people cite that. A lot of people will cite, say, Big Three along with Nirvana and uh, Pearl Jam. But I think you also have to include Alice in Chains in there as well. Um, But I think also their influence in alternative metal, alternative music as a whole, really made them one of the bigger bands in not only the 90s but into when they reformed in, even in like the 2010s as well um if i have white stripes i think that they were really an important band in uh the in garage rock revival in the in the 2000s especially um and i know a lot of people know them mainly for seven nation army but they really were one of the biggest alternative bands in uh during their tenure and then for I, and I will say with these ones, um, realistically, I think that this year is an interesting year where I think everyone has a legitimate case. That I, That's not always the case, in my opinion. Because, um, no so there was a few-year run where I was complaining every year that Todd Rundgren got nominated again, Why I didn't think he should be no- inducted as a performer. Um, but uh, as for just to run through the other ones in order of where I would consider them, Ninth and Cyndi Lauper. I, I think that she, I, and that's another one I think she should be in. Um, just so I thought that the eight that I mentioned before her, I would have put before her. Um, and I mean, I because it's especially like, she was kind of like the anti Madonna in a way where like Madonna was, at a time where they were both insanely popular and two of the bigger pop, uh, female pop stars, Madonna was, really a. Uh, really be a really sexual, whereas Cindy Lauper was kind of being the opposite of that. So I think that's really cool that the two of them were coexisting and also were immensely popular superstars at that time. Tenth, I have the Spinners. I think that they, in my opinion, they're a really uh, influential and pretty underrated band um, for, uh, for a good chunk of their career. Um, they were certainly one of the a notable R&B and soul group. And there already have been a bunch of groups that have had similar levels of popularity that have gotten in. And in my opinion, aren't aren't as notable names as well. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um. So I think it's interesting that they haven't gotten in yet. Um... Number eleven, I have Cheryl Crow. She's another one that I think should get in. Um, I think that, while she was immensely popular. I think she also was, um, at a time where in the not in like the 90s, where you were starting to get like rock music being especially again another situation where, um, like some of the genres that 90s rock genres that were forming like new metal were like over the top insane testosterone, um. Yeah, that's someone like Sheryl Crow, who not only had success in country and pop, but also really was able to cross over into rock. Um, and had a lot of success in that, and be, like, a original monster in that time, so I think that before she was able to really be a face of that rock, I be an immensely popular and acclaimed artist. Uh, excuse me, I just had to take a sip of water. I'm not, I'm not- used to talking this much, apparently, again. Um... And then 12th, 13th, and 14th are really interesting, in my opinion. So, 12th, I have George Michael. And that's interesting, because... Do I think he should get in? Yes. The reason I have him so low is more so just out of protest, because I think William should get in before he gets in. Um... I know that's sounds ridiculous and nitpicky, but that's just my honest opinion. Um, 13th, I have Willie Nelson, mainly because while he was immensely influential in country, I don't think he had anywhere near enough influence in Rock to be, to be any higher. Um, I wouldn't consider that him as a result, and I know that, like, there are people who don't vote for him because it's like, but his country! Well, for me, I still think, like, uh, when look at these, how influential were they in Rock, even still? even if I don't think they're a rock musician. In this case, I don't think Willie Nelson was influential enough in rock. Uh, 14th, I have Warren Zevon, mainly because that one is another protest one. I think this is the wrong category for him. I said a similar thing with Todd Rundgren when uh, I thought that he should not have been nominated or inducted as a performer, and I said that I thought he should be uh, inducted instead in the award for musical excellence category, where it i've i joked at times that's their way of saying oh we couldn't get you in as a performer listen we're gonna induct you anyways here you go um but in my opinion uh mean, really the way that they say is like people who uh i think the way that they've done it is like artists who maybe had success as a performer maybe had success as a non-performer but maybe well having an impact in the genre in in rock uh in a bunch of different facets maybe it doesn't qualify in one facet. So like for instance, Ringo Starr I uh, had gotten inducted where uh was he did he do enough to be inducted as a solo performer? I'd say no. Did he do enough as a sideman to be in- inducted? I'd say probably no. Um but yet even still I think that the combination of his life, his live touring, his uh solo work and uh the work that he's done in sessions and for other artists Make him eligible so that's where I would put Warren Steve on just because of uh in addition to his rather than his necessarily his rock and roll career rather like his lyricism his writing um and also his uh, his touring and his performing um so now to get on to my predictions so uh I the way that I do this because the, typically they have it where five artists get in theoretically What actually happens a lot of times is that more than five artists get in. Um, So the way that I do that, just because I have no idea how many will get in this year, I rank them one through 14, where I have most likely to 14th most likely. And the way that I do it is if five get in, I look at top five. If six get in, I look at the top six and so on. So last two years, I've had a lot of success with this. Um, Two years ago, there were six inductees. I got five of them right. And the one that I got the one that I didn't predict was the one I had seventh most likely last year. Similar kind of thing. Seven got in. I got sixth number right. The one that I didn't predict, I had as the eighth most likely. This year, I don't think any are locks. This year's were really tough to predict. I, some of them, I'll, I think I'll, I'll definitely get some of them right. I don't see my my predictions being as accurate because I, I'll be honest. I think that. Any of them have a chance. Um, so even like the one I have least likely, I still think I could see them being inducted. Um, so before I actually discuss, um, who I have getting in, um, one indicator that, uh, has really helped in terms of predicting the nominees so there's this uh, it's basically because the rock and roll hall of fame has their fan vote first off and before I get into this other side and uh, that's the fan vote they introduced this in I want to say 2012 Um, and uh, um, and a lot of the artists who finish in the top 5 end up getting in but that said Realistically, uh, they, uh, excuse me, realistically, they, uh, um, the vote really doesn't mean that much because the way that they set it up is that they have it where they take the five top, uh, top vote getters and have that be one ballot. So realistically, when there's hundreds of ballots, what's one ballot going to do? But as the fans realistically, um, not saying that they would take a look at that and adjust and um, make it so that the winner was the winner was included in that but uh, dot 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 um, so and also um, majority of the time the winner who gets in um, ends up uh, the winner ends up getting in uh, who uh, the poll ends up Getting in the majority of the time. And, uh, um, <laughs> the, the, the uh, there was one situation since that happened where that wasn't the case. 2020, Dave Matthews been won the fan vote and didn't get inducted. Um, this year, the top five vote getters were, uh, George Michael. Cindy Lauper, Warren Zevon, Iron Maiden, and Soundgarden. As in 1 through 5. And then after that, 6 through 14 were Willie Nelson, Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, Joy Division Slash New Order, The Spinners, Rage Against the Machine, the White Stripes, Missy Elliott, and A Tribe Called Quest. Now, noting that A Tribe Called Quest is last is notable because there's only been one situation where the artist who finished in last place got inducted. And that was JC. Um Now... There's also this website that's not affiliated with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame called Future Rock Legends, which they do a bunch of things with that. They, um, um, they note the Hall of Famers. They know Hall of Fame snubs and when they're eligible. Um, they, um, they recently included, a Ballot Tracker, which is similar to, uh, the, what the Baseball Hall of Fame does with their Ballot Tracker, though, so, um, as this Rucker Hall of Fame one is newer, it doesn't have the history and the voting results um, as such, but they're they're working on it at least. Um, They still have some votes. um, And uh, one other thing that they do is they do a poll there on their site, and one thing that uh is noted with that is that actually before i get to that i'll just say the top five vote getters for that one were uh kate bush number one willie nelson number two iron rain number three Soundgarden number four and joy division new order number five and then after that cindy Lauper six george michael seventh uh, warren c1 eighth then cheryl crow white stripes Spinners, Raging us Machine, Missy Elliot, and Tribe Called Quest, which is interesting that Missy Elliott and a Tribe Called Quest actually finished as the bottom actually, uh, yeah, they finished the bottom two for both, which is interesting to see. Um, but one other thing to note that they've done is, they've noticed on the site is that the majority of the time, the top two, or the top five, the artists who were in the top five for their sites voting, polling, and the rocker hall of fame fan vote almost always get in there were two artists that were in the top five from both one of them was Soundgarden. the other one was iron maiden now in the past some notable exceptions have happened when metal acts were nominated so that one's gonna be interesting to see with those two um but without further ado let's get into my predictions uh the, the, none of these are locks um to get in, in my opinion Usually there's at least one this year. I don't think there's any. Um, number one most likely, I think, is Cyndi Lauper. I think that her success in the fan vote, because typically the second most highest vote getter, also gets in. Um, also, the fact that they have been trying to induct more women into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and, well, they've already inducted some other pop stars from that time period in there. Cyndi Lauper just makes sense to be inducted next. Um... Second most likely, I think, is Soundgarden. I think that this does seem legit, Them, uh, especially that... Because in the past, they haven't inducted them, and they waited for a little while to nominate them when it's because they didn't want it to seem like that it was a Chris Cornell... After Chris Cornell passed, they didn't want it to seem like it was a Chris Cornell, uh... sympathy vote kind of thing after he passed. Um, but this one feels legitimate, the fact that they still continue to grow in, um in their fan base. Third, George Michael, he led the he led the fan voting. Fourth is Warren Sivan. I think they do try to nom- nominate and nominate induct people from, uh, like, different eras, especially in, like, the well, he was more of the 70s, um, especially in the 70s and 60s. Um, fifth, I'm going to say Missy Elliott because they typically try to induct a hip-hop artist, and they do try to not induct at least one black artist. I know that sounds terrible, saying oh they're gonna induct her because they're because they need someone who's black. Honestly, I said this. I said that's why I thought that Jay Z was gonna get in two years ago. He did. I said that was why I thought that um um Lionel Richie was gonna get in last year. He got in. Um and those two, I, if I remember, were the only two black artists that got in each of those years. Might be wrong with Jay Z, but I mean, definitely hip hop artist was with Jay Z and. I don't she was the only Black artist that got in last year. So I think that with this one, as, as much as I don't want to say it's checking a box for them, I feel like that might be what it will be like. And I think that, in general, um, they're more likely than a Tribe Called Quest. Um, Sixth, I think, is Kate Bush. I think that with her uh recent, recent resurgence, I feel like that's uh, going to make it really likely for her to get in. Seventh is Cheryl Crow. She's done a lot with the Rock Hall, and also she... Does have lost support in the industry, so I think that will help out her case. Eighth is Willie Nelson. I don't think it's as much. I th- it felt like Dolly Parton felt safer to predict, predict than Willie Nelson, but I could see him getting in. Ninth is Iron Maiden. Could they get in? Yes. Have uh, has thinking have been being high on two a uh, metal acts in the last two years come back to burn me. Yes, that's why I'm lower in Iron Maiden this year. White Stripes um have tenth most likely. Um, they haven't gotten the, um, support that I expected they would in the fan vote, so they're a little, um, so they're lower than I thought. Joy Division do Order, I didn't think they'd get in, uh, this year. I hope they do, but I don't think they will. Twelfth, Rage Against the Machine, I think that with, um, Soundgarden and Iron Maiden that they're the least likely, the heavy racks. I think that I have the Spinners 13th. I wouldn't bat an eye if they got in. I just... Don't think that there's enough people who necessarily know them. And then uh, 14th, I have a trap called Quest, mainly because they finished so low in the fan in the fan vote there, um, and the fact that well, I think one hip hop artist will get in. I think Missy Elliott is the one there. And after they announce them, I'll record an episode. But um. But yeah, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Sorry about the extended delay. Be on the lookout for uh, posts from Feeling Group and his Baller Trademarked Yet, like the Facebook pages for Group and Harmony and his ball Trademarked Yet, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.